Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. So you decided you want to buy a gun, but how do you choose which one? You don't have time to test every handgun, rifle, and shotgun out there. NorCal Gun Vault can help you out. Yeah, the folks that work there are passionate about firearms. They hunt, they shoot. You can tell it's not just a job for them, and it shows in their ability to find the perfect firearm for you. NorCal Gun Vault is fully stocked with hundreds of handguns, rifles, shotguns, not to mention tons of ammo. Dozens of accessories. Yeah, whether shooting is just a hobby, you're a hunter, or you're thinking about owning your first gun, NorCal Gun Vault has exactly what you're looking for. By the way, if cash is tight right now, but you really want to get a gun, NorCal Gun Vault will work with you to create a layaway program individually tailored to what makes sense for your budget. NorCal Gun Vault opens seven days a week, locally owned and operated. Check them out at NorCalGunVault.com. NorCalGunVault.com. It really matters when you're dealing with experts. Go to NorCalGunVault.com, NorCalGunVault.com.
The, uh, the hackers, did you hear about this? The hackers who hacked into HBO leaked some storylines for the upcoming season of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. Now, I hate to ruin it for you, but apparently this season, Larry's going to do something antisocial that will end up backfiring on you. Oh. Yeah, so. No. What's the point of even watching that? Oh, boy. Yeah. Forget yeah. it. He's going to be really irritating. Yeah. Yeah. What? What? What did I? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, these, these leaks of this sort of stuff are kind of interesting in that whatever my favorite show is, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. So you can put it out there. I'm not going to read it. You haven't damaged the show for me. Who is the market? Right. Right. I have your husband. I'm going to kill him. Presumably the market would be the wife who would respond to the blackmail. I will reveal to you the next twist. On Game of Thrones! I wish you wouldn't. But that's about as far as it goes. Right. Yeah. So this has long been an issue, uh, you know, on the kind of libertarian side of things, but I think more and more people are waking up and smelling the liberty and smelling the scam. Wake up and smell the liberty! It's um, a great uh, article here. Do pet sitters really need a license? How occupational licenses are hurting the economy. And it's just anti-American. Oh, yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, here are some examples. In New York City, you need a license to pet sit someone's dog. Right, because if you if I need somebody to watch my dog and you say, I'll do it, those two adults can't just come to an agreement. No, the government needs to sell one of them a license. Because it's not, I, I as an adult can't decide, well, I, I've no, I know them, they're responsible people, so I'm okay with their, their watching my dog. Right. Uh, well, and, and again, read Tim Sandifer's Permission Society. They've confiscated our rights and are selling them back to us. Uh, nine uh, In Louisiana, you need a license to become a florist. And actually, that's true in a number of states. But yeah, you can't be arranging flowers without the government selling you a license to do so. That's crazy. I mean, with some of these, I understand their, where the reason they use. I don't buy it. But the pet sitting thing, it's a living animal. You want to make sure that they know how to feed and properly care, no, even though that's completely no, BS. No. But what's the what's the BS argument you make for flower arrangement? Well, someone could have their eye put out by like a rose thorn that, that you know, you, you didn't trim properly. No, seriously. That's what's, just stupid. What's the argument? There isn't one. <laughs> in, in some cases, it's current florists don't want competition, ah, so right, they right. petition the government to make it as expensive and difficult as possible to compete. My favorite one is the hair braiding. All the different states and municipalities where you can't braid hair without taking a 200-hour cosmetology class. Wow. My little girls could braid hair skillfully and effortlessly as children. We always get pushback on this when we talk about it. Those of you who want everyone to have a license, I hate you. I hate you. Wait! Move that's to another, hate speech! Move to <laughs> another, that is hate speech! Move to another country. Of course, most other countries, they don't do this. We only do this in America. <clears throat> yeah, it's hard to find a country where you have to get a permit to... Hey, I'm going to a dance tonight. I'd really like to... I love the way you braid hair. I'll give you ten bucks if you braid my hair. No, the government's got to step in there to build a utopia. The number of jobs from cosmetology to interior design... Interior design... Requires a government-issued license. I think your couch ought to be over there. Do you have you a know, license? She, uh, she moved my couch. And it was too close to where we walk, and I, 
I hit it, and I broke my leg in 15 places, and they had to amputate. No, that's ridiculous. She put the couch right in front of the refrigerator. We couldn't open it. We starved. My children are dead. <laughs> Thanks to her and her interior designing. That was a terrible idea. <laughs> Where was I? <laughs> The number of jobs from cosmetology to interior design requiring government-issued licenses is on the increase. About 30% it's now require one. It's on the increase. One. Oh, that's so disheartening. About 30% of jobs now require a government license, up from less than 5% in the 1950s. Now, this job... Back when there was no economic growth or innovation. This job has is the rare case of going the other direction. <laughs> I, w- I was one year after... You had to take this special test to be a disc jockey. Well, you essentially had to understand all the wiring and yeah. the transmitter and all the science behind it to say, coming up, lover boy. <laughs> Do you... traffic and weather go together? <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> they often go together on the eights. Can they go together on the nines? Yes. <laughs> but you used to have to get like this engineering license to be a disc jockey, and they did away with that right before I yeah. came in. Yeah, me too. And all the old Jays, they lorded over you. It's so easy for you guys now. But that's no, that's <laughs> no dumber. That's no dumber to have a, a disc jockey need to know how the radio tower works right. than to have a license for flower arranging. Right, right. Uh, da, 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 da. In uh, According to economists Morris Kleiner and Alan Kruger, in that time, the share of licensed workers in the U.S. workplace has jumped fivefold. And the requirement on many occupations, including training and education, tests, fees, and even character assessments, are also on the rise. <clears throat> uh, licensed regimes emerge when states, cities, counties, or federal government regulate an activity, often in the interest of public safety. That's always the excuse. The easiest one to, to, to claim all the time. Yeah, uh, da, da. it's tempting to see positive news in this new licensing trend that workers are becoming professionalized, that is, competent and trustworthy, and that consumers are being protected from fly-by-night operators. But rather than protecting the public or raising standards, critics see workers being frozen out of potential jobs and incumbents protecting profits and wages, which is absolutely true. That's another one of the great causes of our friend Tim Sandifer and the Pacific Legal Foundation and others, the, all these licensing requirements, they hit the bottom tier of American society in terms of economics the hardest. You can't offer people rides for money in a lot of places because they've tried to crack down on Uber. You've got to be a licensed cab operator, and that coin, that license will cost you $15,000 or well, $200,000 or whatever. I was talking to a contractor recently, and he was talking about how he's just got more jobs than he can possibly do. He can pick and choose jobs, uh, like doing an addition to our house, that sort of stuff. And I said, how come more people don't get into the business? I think the free market would take care of that. And he said, the barrier to entry with all the regulations now is just so high. You might have the talents, but you just you just don't have the money to get in with all the regulations and licensing and stuff like that. Right, which is uh, intentional. Sure, yeah, well... I, I, a lot of it's driven by safety. A lot of the crap is driven by just moronic safety crap. Well, you can do anything and say it's for a better safety, and a huge percentage of the public will go, oh, okay, without questioning it. Who could be against safety? But onerous occupational licensing has traditionally been a big cause of the libertarian right, which which wants government out of the way of the market to whatever extent is possible. Yes, we do. Um, but recently the issue has been taken up by more liberal economists as well including the aforementioned Alan Kruger, a professor at Princeton. 
In an extensive report on the topic, the Obama White House, where Kruger was chief economist, argued that licensing requirements raised the cost of goods and services, restricted employment, and made it more difficult for workers to cross state lines. Also economic lines, I would throw in. And I would I would say greetings to our liberal economist friends. It's pretty self-evident if somebody is in the neighborhood and everybody loves the way they braid hair, but the government forbids them from doing that unless they pay tens of thousands of dollars for hundreds of hours of training. Yes, you're standing in the way of their making a living. But thank God nobody gets their hair knotted, which then gets caught on a hook on a passing bus and they get their head (laughs) yanked clean off. End up like Saddam Hussein, because that's always happening. <laughs> Got her head yanked off by a passing bus because of an illegal hair braiding operation. Some economists say more <laughs> licensing is contributed to less mobile labor markets because people don't move between jobs as much. Well, yeah, because if you're licensed in state A and state B has onerous uh, license requirements, you think, oh, my God, can I move to take that job or do I have to? Can I afford to do the fees? Can I take the time off to take the classes, et cetera? Or even if you take a swing at a career and you have to invest tens of thousands of dollars into the licensing thing, it's harder for you to convince yourself to go take a swing at a different one that might have worked out better for you. Well, right. Yeah. Maybe you don't like what you you end up doing. And, And by the way, you know, there's there's a lot more to this and it's really good. But I would point out that. I am perfectly fine if there's like the uh, the what is it the Association of Realtors or whatever, and they certify you. You get to call yourself a realtor. I'm not going to say realtor like the commercials. On the other hand, neither will I say realtor. <laughs> These are strong stands. Now that we got that out of the way, I will compromise and say realtor. <laughs> anyway, if if the private association wants to license the people, that's fine. I don't need the state. To license the guy who's going to sell me, uh, you know, a house. I really don't. Or even some if sort of... If he breaks of, the law, I'll sue him and I'll be fine. Even some sort of just like a seal of approval. Like this group says this is a good yeah. realtor. Private, Did I say it right? Private right. groups could certify almost all this stuff. Yeah, and not but not be a requirement for actually being sure. in the industry. The effect is felt strongly by low-income workers, according to a study by blah, 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 which is clearly true. He finds the states with the most licensing requirements on low-income jobs tend to have the fewest opportunities for low-income workers. Wow. Louisiana. That's not surprising. Louisiana, Oregon, Mississippi have the most of these requirements. Uh, Vermont, South Dakota, and Ohio have the fewest. In a 2012 report, the Institute of Justice looked at requirements on 102 lower moderate licensed jobs. On average, they required nine months of training, at least one exam, and the payment of $209 in fees. Nine months of training, 200 bucks because I'm going to braid hair or arrange flowers or, or walk dogs or whatever. Or tell you your couch would look better over there by the window. <laughs> yeah. Listen to this. California requires fire alarm installers to complete 900 days of training, Good God. pay a fee, and pass an exam. Wow. Nevada, next door, requires no education or training for the same workers. And um, I'll install you a fire alarm today. I'm certain I can do it. Where are the directions? <sighs> wow. Yeah. So two and a half years of training. There's Michigan, no way you'd, you could get into that industry, into that business. You just couldn't. No, that's, but that's legislation passed by current companies that want no competition. Right. Keep the keep the little man down, uh, but they say, of course, it's in the name of safety. Instead of a, instead of the free market working, where a handyman would say, you know, I can install the fire uh, alarm a lot cheaper. Have me do it. He can't get into the business. More than sixty occupations have greater average licensing burdens than emergency medical technicians. The average EMT only completes thirty three days training, but the average cosmetologist who cuts hair, tends skin, and smooths nails spends three hundred and seventy two days in training. Wow. According to the Institute of Justice, that's incredible. 
That is incredible. The land of the free and the home of the brave. You got to have a license to arrange flowers. Land of the free, my ass. Land of the overregulated. Land of the picky. Land of the government supervised at every moment. Didn't used to be like this, kids. I'm not talking about 175 years ago either. Talking about recently. Y'all are getting screwed. The shocking ending to the Taylor Swift trial. Among other things coming up. We gotta have an exciting cable news name for this coverage. Justice bears its ass. No, that's not the thing. That's very bad. What was that? Lady Justice lowers her skirt. No, that's no better. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Here's the deal. The company that makes Tiki torches released a statement saying, quote, Tiki brand is not associated in any way with the events that took place in Charlottesville and are deeply saddened and disappointed. Our products are designed to enhance backyard gatherings and to help family and friends connect with each other at home in their yard. Give it up. I gotta say, it's pretty troubling when a backyard decoration comes out swinging stronger against Nazis than the President of the United States. All right. There you go. (laughs) So I'm reading this article from this guy who's been to a number of total eclipses. Of the sun, not of the heart. And I need you more more than ever. Can it be said that they are one and the same? Could be. This guy said, you will hear, you will hear crying. You will hear you will hear screams if you're in, if you're in a group of people screams. Well, I could oh like uh, like uh, fireworks type I'd, oozing on. I'd call that a gasp. <laughs> a scream is this. Ah! Right. I think if you're if you scream like that, there's really something wrong with you. <laughs> and this is what this guy said the well, first since t- the year 1100. The then first time. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Heck yeah. If you didn't know it was coming, you would freak the f out. I'm right. fascinated how people back then reacted to oh, these things badly. Oh. Oh yeah, there's a good article in the New York Times that they they went through uh, history back to the, the the oldest, I think the year 800, the oldest writings they could find about total eclipse. But mm. you would freak out. Oh yeah. And then you get into certain religious times, you think, okay, well, here we go, it's judgment time. Um, I mean, I've done some bad stuff. <laughs> I mean, because this... you'd be blubbering all your confessions out. I'm Three sorry. minutes later, the sun's normal again. Oh man, whoops. That, 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 because you're talking not only pre the ability to predict when an eclipse is going to happen, because even if, I, I'm aware of eclipses, but but if I didn't know one was scheduled, I would still freak out. Sure. If it got dark in the middle of the day, I know it's possible. These people didn't even know it was possible. This is pre any astronomy. This is, you didn't well, even and, know and it was conceivable. most written history, so nobody could say, hey, it was wild a while back. Happened the sun me. got blotted out, but just for a couple minutes. Yeah, these <laughs> things happen once every like 50 years or whatever based on where you are, and that could be four generations back when lifespans were not that great. So, yeah, I could see screams back then, but now, I don't know. You didn't read in the paper this was going to happen? <laughs> it's over in two minutes. You'll be fine. But this person said, 
having experienced their first total eclipse. This is one of these eclipse chasers, and we've heard from a lot of them recently. People who who, who do this all the time around the world mm-hmm. spend a lot of time and money going to eclipses. Maybe it's that amazing. Maybe I'll become one. Like going to your first Grateful Dead concert. Maybe I, maybe I'll I'll experience this. Say I'm going to do whatever it takes to be at every eclipse for the rest of my life. Right. You How always exciting. You always knew it was there. A hidden vibration in your soul. The intuition of something unseen. A Mandela meaning whatever you wanted it to mean, but you couldn't perceive it. I, uh, you had me at the first chunk of WTF. Yeah. <laughs> what? I just, I don't know if I'm going to uh, have that reaction. I'll be danged, it's dark. It is completely dark. It's about the corona, Jack. It's about the dancing gases. <laughs> <laughs> I got some dancing gases right now. Yeah, I'll bet. Um, and the arguments continue to uh, to be very fiery online about which uh, which level of welding glasses you can wear or not. Man, 40 years of experience, I can tell you this. Or I'm, I'm, I license people in welding goggles, and here's what you need, and that person is wrong, and you know that sort of back and forth. Which mm-hmm. yeah. Always entertaining. My plan is to uh, put toothpicks on my eyelids, and I'm going to stare straight at the damn thing. Oh, Starting at 9.30, from it, 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 the actual eclipse is like 10.20, so I'm going to stare at it, trying not to blink at all, from like about 9 to 11. <laughs> Two solid hours staring right at the sun. You know, this is for the roughly 3% of our audience that needs this. I will Facebook live it. He's being sarcastic. He doesn't. Please don't write your your emotional emails begging him not to. He doesn't mean it. I've come up with it. Our our exciting cable news uh, introduction. Handful of justice. The Taylor Swift trial. Because he. No. Thought that was no, pretty I, good. I like that. That's solid. So the, Thank you. the lawyers, uh, some of the closing arguments from for the defense lawyer was uh, that picture that we've all seen, right? With the DJ with his arm around her. Look at Taylor Swift's well, his face. his arm behind her butt. Look at Miss Swift's face. Is that the face of someone who's in shock? Because he hadn't grabbed her yet. That's a sucky argument, counselor. Well, they lost. Yeah. No kidding. Very, very That's quickly. That's the best you got. Apparently it was. What do you want out of me? I'm representing an a-hole who grabbed Taylor Swift's hiney. She's really skinny. Yes. That's what I've been saying. I, I thought I'd missed you. I thought I'd grabbed a little boy. Terrible. Thought it was a bar stool that was behind her. Turned out it was her hip bone. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, thought I'd grabbed a corner of a dining room chair. So he had to pay a dollar, has to pay a dollar, and he does, and he's still fired. He's still an unemployed DJ, right. which there yes. are a lot of. Right. Um, $150,000 a year job, though, he lost by grabbing Taylor Swift's bottom. Was yeah. that a good move there, uh, genius? Good idea, idiot. Not to mention that's incredibly rude and uncool, but. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Dr. Uh, genius St. Cooth. <laughs> that is their name. <laughs> That's just a bad move. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? I just wanted to point out, guys, that uh, I uh, I got a first phone. I got a radio operator's license. Went to school for five weeks to get it. Wow. To get the radio operator's license so you can say, it's 65 degrees, here's the Beach Boys. Exactly. Exactly. Or but that to was... say the city council decided today that, right. That was the rule back in the day, and boy, you had to study and study hard like we study the world. <laughs> Meanwhile, coming up, we got a White House survivor going on who's next to be banned. From the West Wing, one prominent GOP senator soaring in popularity with Democrats, and science says 
No doubt about it, fat but fit is a myth. Coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Giddy. Fat but fit is a myth. Yeah, okay, boy. I want to hear that. But I don't know if I agree with that. Also, I think Bannon leaving could be Donald's best move. Just things, I'll bet things settle down a lot if Bannon goes. Listen I think, to Jack. I think he Please is a liberal. I think he is the source of all that leaking. And he's just, and he pits people against each other. He's certainly the guy. Almost everybody is certain he's the guy that was trying to bring down McMaster. Um, you just can't have that. Anyway, we'll get this story if you don't know what it is. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. The amount of attention being paid to the Taylor Swift butt-grabbing trial is hilarious. It really is. Justice or just ass? <laughs> also, why didn't Taylor Swift do the Christian thing and turn the other cheek? Oh, boy. A texter ass. Hilarious. Really funny. <laughs> nice. Proud of yourself? Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, White House Survivor continues. The latest Trump White House staffer skating on thin ice and possibly soon out of a job could be presidential advisor Steve Bannon. CBS News saying his fate is now up to the new chief of staff, General John Kelly, who's been uh, promising to bring order to the West Wing. I guarantee you Kelly hates Bannon. Because uh, he's trying to end the leaks and the infighting right. and the backbiting and everything like that. But th- th- some people say the reason Trump hasn't gotten rid of Bannon is is because he's worried about Bannon. What Bannon will do if he gets fired? And Bannon, mm. Bannon is. Uh, I mean, he's a he's a street fighter in this whole world of leaking to the media and right. you know and and manipulating and sowing the seeds of mayhem. He could. This story could get way more interesting if Bannon gets fired and he decides to go scorched earth. With all his sources that he leaks to. So Breitbart's had a serious Vanti McMaster's McMaster article. H.R. McMaster, National Security Advisor. That, that It's got to be Bannon, right? I mean, does Bannon still have sway at Breitbart? Oh, he's got to. Yeah, you, you got to believe he does. So, well, is he going to blackmail Trump? Is that what you're saying? I think he'll put Trump out, afraid of him. I, I think I, if Trump's not afraid of him, I think he's crazy. All right. Um, I think Bannon will put out all kinds of stuff, true or not, and I'm not sure it makes any difference. Uh, that will get out there, and it could be ugly for a while. Very good for talk radio. Hmm. Maybe not good for the nation. <laughs> Definitely not good for the nation. Ugly. Meanwhile, former communications director Anthony Scaramucci was on late night with Stephen Colbert being asked, "Who's leaking now? Is it Steve Bannon?" Well, I've said that. I mean, I'm. I'm just saying. Say, say it now. Pretty, say it to these. Listen, people, I've been pretty it? open about that. Let me. <laughs> is let me, let me explain. It. Okay, but I said he was, and I obviously got caught on tape saying he was, so I have no problem saying that. Okay. But is he going to be gone in a week? That's up to the president. But what do you me, think? What do you think? What does the mooch think? Well, if it was it was up to me, he would be gone. Okay. But it's not up to me. Some of the stuff Bannon is, in theory, leaking. It's a federal crime, right? Uh, some of it, yeah. If indeed he's leaking it, yeah, the national security stuff. Hey, your, your headline, Marshall, I hate to criticize. Ah, wait a minute. No, I don't. No, you don't. I like to criticize. Yes. <laughs> did you did you mention, or are you going to mention that the various white supremacist groups have vowed that they are going to march on uh, Berkeley? Berkeley, and they're going to be in uh, on Chrissy Field coming yeah. up. Ah, yep. okay. Yep, yep, yep. Is there a date for that? 
Uh, uh, 26, oh my I think. God. 26 and 27. Oh, my God. So rolling street battles return right. in Northern California. The counter-protesters have already, already planning things. Oh, yeah. Right. So of course. This, right. this is going to be a full-on medieval-style war. Like the right. sharks and the jets at this point. Oh, just yeah. having right. the giant knife fight in the park. Well, oh, yeah. and listen, it's worth pointing out. I, I don't know anything about the young woman who died in Charlottesville, except that she surely did not deserve to die. Nobody deserves to die over any of this stuff. Right. I, I will tell you, though, be really careful about showing up. If you decide, mm-hmm. I'm just going to go watch, or I'm in support of one, or the, it, it, the things are getting uglier and uglier, and at some point, God help us, bullets are going to fly. And and you you just don't want to be there, because the next one's going to be... Right. Triple ugly. And there's going to be an alt-right demonstration outside of Google uh, this uh, Saturday, I uh, believe. Whatever that means, though. See, that's the problem with all these terms. You people in the liberal media are thrown around. It's just, you know, alt-right equals nationalist equals white nationalist equals Nazi equals KKK equals Republican. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. Arizona Senator John McCain apparently more popular among Democrats than his own Republican base. A new Gallup poll shows McCain's got a 71% favorability rating among Democrats compared to 51% among Republicans. A second poll released in August reflecting pretty much the same result. Both polls suggest the swing is due to McCain's recent no vote that essentially killed the GOP health care bill. Right. So his popularity is soaring amongst the Democratic ranks. And we get a new study that says the notion that people can be fat but fit is a myth. British researchers found that people who are obese or overweight do have a higher risk of heart disease, even if factors like blood pressure, blood sugar, and cholesterol are all normal. The study goes on to say that carrying the extra weight raises a person's risk of coronary heart disease by 28%. So fat but fit is a myth. But are you better off being a... um... Uh, a fit, fat person than a skinny, unfit person. Or how about, you know, uh, a fat, not fit person? Obviously, your world's you better go. off being... Very, very good point. Uh, a heavy person with good cardiovascular health, as good as you can get, so don't be discouraged by Marshall and his his naysaying. Hackers are leaking episodes of the popular unaired HBO shows, yet the network is refusing to comment or engage, at good. least publicly. Basically, HBO is saying you're not going to say anything about any of these releases. You can go ahead and put out Curb Your Enthusiasm and put out Game of Thrones. We are not going to deal with you. Now, that's what they're saying publicly. What they're doing behind the scenes still don't know exactly. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. Now, if they put out an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm and I'm a fan, I'm a, I, I would watch that. I would watch it earlier. But, like, key plot points and stuff like that? Spoilers right. for Game of Thrones? Nah. Well, and we're told it was like a pre-production, yeah, like, these are not like, finished version. I'd watch that just to see what I can learn about the production process, reviews, but I don't think that hurts HBO. It's review screeners, most likely, and a lot of them are, are lesser quality. It's like watching on a... It's not watching on your 1080 high-def TV or whatever. Gotcha. Is it just impossible to keep anything a secret anymore? Just nothing can be put anywhere? Pretty much. Yeah. Would seem that way. Eventually, depends how hard someone's willing to look. Yeah. You're how li- old are you when you're too old to go out clubbing? The precise age, it's been established. 
Wow. I never liked it, so... 61. <laughs> you guess, Michael, you're right. Oh, and I got an elderly couple that met and are getting married. Oldest couple, I think, that has ever gotten married that they can come up with. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Baby girl, what's happening? Shoot your ass and ride it. So gonna get to grab it. Go pop a phone. It's the oldest combined age for a marriage they can find anywhere. She's 98, he's 94. Wow. They met at Robin the, the cradle. They met at the gym. He was throwing around the medicine ball, I'm guessing, and she was uh, standing on the thing with that rubber band shaking her. <laughs> I'll bet. She's 98, he's 94. Fell in love, got married. Really makes the till death do us part a less of a commitment. <laughs> oh, hey, 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 hey! I'm just saying, like you that's cool? not as it's not a big of a of a, nobody, of a promise. Nobody wants to hear that out of you. <laughs> Too soon. We got probably what two, three years max. Michael, you got to get yeah, the theme it. music ready. Hit the theme music. <laughs> Some music. It doesn't matter. Welcome to Vince Vince Nicholas's. Is it trolling? In which I will ask Vince whether this tweet. Was sincere, or is it somebody just messing with us? So we were talking about the absurdity of uh, licensing requirements, like for flower arrangers, or forcing somebody to, to take hundreds of hours of classes to braid hair, and how that keeps the working class down. And this guy, David Key, tweeted at us, yeah, who needs to be certified? Here, let me operate on that brain for you. Same logic from A&G. Now, could anybody possibly be so stupid? Oh, absolutely. We uh, that they don't see the distinction between licensing somebody for for braiding hair and licensing somebody to perform brain surgery. Yes, I believe. No, I believe. Yeah. Well, this is not Jack Armstrong's. Is it trolling, Vince? <laughs> is that trolling, or do you think he actually can't see that distinction? I think it's trolling, but it's a it's a bad case of trolling. Sad, poor trolling. Wow. Go back to trolling school. Back under your bridge, troll. Yeah. Get a trolling license. <laughs> you need hundreds of hours of training. And pay a high fee to the state, inexplicably, to troll. According to a new study, you are too old to go out clubbing at age 37. Now... Is it clubbing specifically like where you go to a big dance club? I, I never liked that ever in my life. Or so. any sort of happening bar or anything like that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You can now ha- happening bar? It's not it's not not a dance club. Hmm. They quizzed five thousand people about their social lives. Apparently thirty one is the age at which the average adult or the average age at which adults, quote, officially hang up their dancing shoes and prefer to stay in. Given their druthers at around 31, interesting. the majority starts to say, I'd rather stay home. Um, the clubbing, uh, the club, you usually mean dancing, don't you, Vincent? Yes. Okay. Mm. Well, okay, that's interesting. The study is drawing some attention online because it also claims that age 37, too, uh, too old to go out to the clubs. Even worse, that... Uh, 37% of respondents said there is nothing more tragic than seeing adults in their 40s and 50s surrounded by 20-somethings in pubs and bars. Okay, pubs and bars is not dancing. Uh, no. No, it's just clubs. Just, yeah. Yeah, up in the club. I guess it's probably regional dialects and you know, differences. Know. I've, in... I've never gone to a place called a club. <laughs> so, <laughs> How about the country club? Didn't you play that uh, bar? I think we both played that bar way back in the day. Hmm. On that uh, kind of highway there by yeah. the, uh, yeah. 
Yeah, that gig did not go well for us. How'd you go over? I think we were fine. Oh, they hated us. Uh, let's see. Um, <laughs> we were way too rock and roll, I guess. Um, more comfortable. So I guess around 37. If you're 38 and you're hitting the bar, it's undignified. Well, it depends on the it's, kind of bar. It depends on the bar, of course. If yeah. it's a young person's bar, I can tell you because I did it. If you're 40 years old and you're standing around a young person's bar, you will stand out as a weirdo. Right. But if you're at, for instance, a nice wine bar where you might find me eating poo-poos or tapas. Or my kind of place back when I drank where you got a whole bunch of guys over the age of like 70 (laughs) who are hunched over the table watching a baseball game. (laughs) Muttering. Muttering angrily. Yeah, that's not a young person's thing, so. That poll is completely useless, <laughs> and I'm sorry to have wasted your time. But the place that is popular with young people, yeah, you don't want to be uh, on the north side of 40 and be there, or even close, really, but definitely not on the north side of 40. No, and that mo- when that moment comes, I mean, uh, certain people are more self-aware than others, but when that moment comes that you realize, ah, yeah, I'm the oldest guy here, and I'm uh, feeling kind of sad, mm-hmm. well, you'll never go back. Probably not. No. No, unless you yeah, it's, drunk it's a, and get a young girlfriend. Bring, a, bring someone older than you. It's more or less a self-weeding <laughs> out process. It will take yeah. care of itself. I mean, yeah. you're there to socialize, and there'll be nobody there who wants to socialize with you. So it takes care of itself. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. I've been to dance clubs where the 30s is like the young and Oh, and, really? Yeah, for, it's Are they like and, line dancing clubs? So it depends on this. So they're doing the, the f- flapper dances? Doing the Charleston. Everybody Charleston. Ragtime doll. Square dancing. It's actually a nightclub. It was out in the suburbs. It's right next to like a Crown Books or whatever. And yeah, I was younger. I mean, this was just a couple of years ago. But so it was, was like a middle-aged end. dance club? Yeah. I know interesting. getting down. I know a lot about bars. I know nothing about dance clubs. Um, so do people do people go there that don't dance? A lot of people? Or is almost everyone who goes there going to dance at some point? Well, if they don't dance, they're no friends of mine. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's there's a continu- It's not a dancing-required zone. There's just dancing available there. Hmm. Um, it offers the, the the pivot of the conversation. Hey, let's go dance for a second if you run out of stuff to See, talk I'm about. Never, I'm never going I'm never going to say that to someone. Gorsi's <laughs> <laughs> in the house! <laughs> That's where Vince is going. <laughs> I, I, how many conversations have I had in my life where you're you're just nodding your head and then laughing where you think it's appropriate because <laughs> right, right. you, you catch like every sixth word of yeah. what they're saying because the music's so loud. I've always thought that's so pointless. Why are we here? God, I've done that so many times. Oh, yeah. Why was, are we here? I was asking him to repeat it once, and then the second time I still didn't understand. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then they get close to your ears. He just hear, <laughs> with the music pumping, and you have no idea. This is great. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> God, just vague I- affirmations. Oh God! It's it's gotta it's gotta be genetic. They when they finally tease out the human genome to its final little itty bitty part, they will discover the I hate this. This is stupid gene because I felt that way when I was eighteen years oh, old. Yeah. When I was twenty years old, we'd be out. We'd be at a pool hall playing pool, having a great freaking time. Right. And then it's like ten o'clock, and all my friends would say, "We got to go over to the dance club now." Why? Why? <laughs> you can't hear. How it. many of us have ever left with a girl? None of us ever. 
It doesn't work. We have a better shot here. How many of us have left the girl with here? All of us. So why are we going over there? Mm. Why? Why? You've always been a bottom line guy. I respect that. <laughs> Some people don't like pool and the kind of girl you're going home with from the from the pool ball pool hall. Well, that's someone's daughter, first of all. Yeah, well, you're going home with your the internet in your right hand. Let's not wow. kid ourselves. Wow. wow. So I don't know where can that we came finish from. our game here? Huh? Can we play pool and actually talk about something? God. Shrieking at each other over the, the throbbing beat? That was my every, every Friday and Saturday night for, for like two decades. <laughs> Why are we leaving this place? This place is great. <laughs> We're having so much fun. We're going to go shout at each other. Ah! Wait in line 10 deep at the bar to get a beer. Dance badly as young women turn their back on you. Ugliness. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together, we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.